Welcome to this episode of Hoi Polloi, conversations with like-minded followers of Jesus. At Strong Tower Church in beautiful Casper, Wyoming, we believe that God uses ordinary men and women in extraordinary ways. We like to say real people on real journeys serving a real God. These are their stories. Greetings one and all. Thanks for joining us today. I am here in the studio with some of my good friends. Uh, I've got Izzy to my left. Hello, Ashley. Raphael. T. We just finished watching this kind of half movie, half documentary called Furious Love. What was your first impression of the demon tent? It was pretty intense. Watching the physical reactions was kind of a take back. Just eye-opening to the, the spiritual realm because a lot of times you see people get the word, but not everybody manifests. And the fact that they were just kind of just taking care of it and bringing them, ushering them back in like it was normal was um, eye-opening and just w- one of those things where you realize, yeah, this this fight is real. Oh, my Lord. That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I liked that they did have a certain place for people to go to make it more a one-on-one type thing because you could tell that these people, there was something going on. They were either possessed or under the influence of something. And I I liked that they would take them into this certain place so that they can focus solely on praying for this person and not just praying for the congregation. I was excited. I was like, ooh, Lord, send me there. I want to go there. I'm ready. So the demon tent is an area where they have people go who are manifesting. I came up under Norval Hayes, who taught us about how, how to deal with the demonic. And we were always taught that when people manifest, generally, it is because the enemy wants to take attention away from the service and get kind of all eyes on him. Like, don't look at Jesus, look at me. And he does that in a very undignifying way. And the best thing that you can do is to tell those demons to be quiet and move them out from the, the main thoroughfare so it, it's not allowed to take the attention away from God. People often miss the supernatural because they're looking for the spectacular. Did demonic oppression look like what you imagined it to look like? I don't think it manifested in a way that, you know, that is widely accepted as what is demonic. You know, you think of all these dark spirits everywhere, but really it it was just opening doorways, basically giving them that foothold. It can come from anything. It doesn't have to be um, anything like stuff that we normally portray to be demonic like Ouija boards you know um, that that definitely will do it but that's not the only thing that will learning learning about it and, and hearing about it reading about it yeah well, I like to point out that in the movies nobody's really saved it's they get you know they either die or they you know that the, the spirit comes back but in but in real life God 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 comes through and saves them and I think that's an important uh, aspect to point out the movies they they make things scarier and they don't they don't spell out the truth. Where in the, this video, it's like, yeah, they're manifesting, but at the end, um, God delivers them, and, and they're praising Jesus, and they're uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they um, they just, they're healed, they're delivered. It's like there's different levels of demonic possession or oppression. Another thing, too, is normal people, and all of a sudden, they start getting preyed upon, and then you're like, oh, they got a demon. But I think they're walking around not thinking they have a demon, 
until God kind of knocks on the door and God shows up and then the demons are like, oh, yeah, we got a problem here. So you can see these people in the crowd and look in the crowd. You don't really see, oh, I got that guy's got horns. This person's got a pitchfork. They're demonic. Just all of a sudden they start manifesting when they feel that power of God. It does look like I thought it would look like, you know, like the people, you know, some of them are shaking and some of them are frothing at the mouth and some of them fall, fall over. And that, yeah, that's what I would expect it to look like. But to see the before that demon manifested, they don't know. And they're just walking around like everyday people. When they come into the presence of God, it manifests because it doesn't like that presence. And it just really makes me wonder how many people have I passed by? How many people have I seen that may have been behaving strangely, but I didn't recognize as a a demon oppression? So there was a pastor that got on there and he was, uh, he's involved in, a pretty crazy ministry. He sees some of the, the darkest things that, that you could imagine seeing. And he was explaining this to another big voice in America pastor. He was explaining it to that guy. And they took a commercial break. They were on a radio program. They took a commercial break. And the very well-known pastor sat back in his chair and was kind of shaking his head back and forth. And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this stuff that, that you're saying. You know, I, this is a kind of unbelievable. And his response was, it's okay not to know something. I think it's relieving um, just to know that it, it's okay not to know everything. Um, you, you have to learn to crawl before you can walk. And I think that we we learn it in, in the time that we're able to take that information, process it, learn more about it, and move forward with it. I think it's, it's comforting, but at the same time, it's it's something that you I think you need to embrace, realizing you don't know the, the questions and the answers, but and not being afraid to kind of seek those and not being a oh this is kind of scary or this is not doesn't go with what I believe or what the world thinks. I'm just gonna bury my head in the sand. It's okay to not know, but to not let not knowing be the excuse to stay there. I think if I I don't know something and I hear about it, it's my responsibility to learn. Right. We don't want to live in ignorance, but we, we do want to expand our knowledge. Don't make it an excuse to turn away from it since, yeah, the stuff that we're talking about is scary, but lack of knowledge shouldn't be an excuse. At one point, the filmmaker was asked to come out from behind his camera and, and pray for a man to be healed. And he, he confessed openly. He said, hey, when I went to lay hands on this guy, I didn't I didn't really think anything was was going to happen. And he said that God's love is not contingent upon our belief in it. I loved that. It's almost to me it's God's not bound to our disbelief, so he he can still work miracles through us even if we're, you know, I'm I'm trusting you, but I don't know what this outcome is going to be. He's still going to use that, use his love and show us those miracles. To me, it's just comforting knowing that, hey, you might not have all the answers or studied a lot of scripture, but if you just go out there in faith and say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna try this thing, and God's like, I got you. You fall, but I'll pick you up. Just try. Go out there and try. It's kind of like, you know, when a dad's teaching his kid how to ride a bike. It's like, hey, you're going to fall, but I'm right behind you. I got you. Yeah, he's got a plan for you, and he's going to use you in that plan. Even if you don't know what the heck you're doing, he's going to be right there to catch you when you fall and to walk you through it and guide you. I like that God's love doesn't depend on me believing it exists to exist. It just is. And he's going to show himself whether I believe it or not. Um, They said in the film that he's pursuing me and he's going to use his love to pursue me 
until I believe it. And similar to what we discussed last week, are are like are we worthy of having God's miracles work through us? And that that kind of related to me as far as even if I don't feel I'm worthy enough to make this outcome, God's love is. Tell us about the worldview of naturalism. That is, everything that happens can be explained, and the medical community can and should be able to solve these problems and diagnose it and medicate it. Tell us how that hinders Christians from seeing the move of God in America. I think it's a great design by the enemy. Um, if, if we're focused on, you know, we have this manifesting in someone, let's say it's uh, depression, and we're going to medicate that rather than laying hands on them to have the, you know, have them released from this depression. And we're just masking the symptoms, basically. Like I said, I think that's that's a beautiful design by the devil, like great for him, but bad for us Christians, because we use that as an excuse like, oh, you know, it's it's not something that is of the spiritual realm. It's it's just because our bodies are this way and we, we rely on modern medicine and medication just to mask the symptoms. We're still putting God in a box. There's still spiritual elements that go within mental illness, for example. Anything that physically affects your body, there is still an element of, of the spiritual realm. Naturalism by saying that, oh, everything happens just right here. There's no such thing as like the spirit realm, all these spiritual things. No, that doesn't really happen. We can just medicate you and give you some some of these pills to make you happy again. It basically puts God in a box and doesn't allow him to show his miracles and his glory and how beautiful and amazing he is. The Bible says that God made us in his image. He made us perfectly, and we we should be able to rely on that to heal ourselves. In some cases, we're made to feel a fool for trusting Jesus for a healing instead. It's uh like dilutes the Christian faith. It's one of those things where you take the power away from God and where normal people would kind of depend on God. It's they're going to seek the the medical advice and kind of not kind of stray away. If something that would would uh you know used to bring somebody to church to get that healing now they're seeking medicine and seeking doctors and just it, it just pulls people away when we don't depend on god we don't learn how to depend on god and we take on a different identity in the instance you guys brought up depression you know we then we say oh i have depression or my depression and we start claiming it as our own instead of saying lord take this or, or Lord deliver me of this we just say my whatever and and claim it and we don't look to God and we don't depend on him for our wholeness yeah and it's also what, what we talked about earlier is trying to know everything and not saying hey there might be an aspect to this that I don't know of medicine and God are not at war with one another God's not against medicine God's pro-healing and we should also be pro-healing. So we were always taught that the natural and the supernatural combined make an explosive force for God. When you can find a doctor or people in the medical community who are not hostile to the gospel, then you really get to see the power of God's words in action. But that bend toward naturalism, it's so deep within us, but there isn't a thing that you can put in front of God that he can't heal. That's where movies like this really help to convict me and change my thinking that my heart and my mind and everything that's in me is focused towards God first. He's my first option, 
not, not my last option. While in Thailand, a minister said, so many people are entrapped by sin and the church is hardly aware of it. We need the church. It made me feel uh, convicted to uh, want to go over there and spread the word and kind of help help them out and shine the love of love and light of Jesus over there. They don't really know. There's not a lot of people there spreading spreading the gospel. So like him hearing him plead that we need churches, it's it's convicting and sad. Wherever you look, there is some sort of demonic or evil. No matter where you go, it is everywhere, even in your own homes. I just felt like go. It's time. It's time you need to start. You need to Go. Yeah, it feels like it's it's our responsibility. We need to go out there, get our hands dirty, do the work. Around that same part in the movie, one of the pastors had stated that even though the sin is ravaging through there, so is the Spirit of God. And we just need the people to go in there and be his hands to to perform those miracles. It made me feel lots of different ways. Uh, one was conviction, um, like, oh my goodness, am I getting out there? Am I doing this? And then where next, Lord? You know, so there was that. There was the, wow, we're not the only ones. We're not alone in this. This is a big fight, but we're ready for it. And then like excited, I am the church, but also I have a platform in the church to encourage others to go out. And so I have to check my heart too. Am I using, am I stewarding the platform? Sometimes people say mean things about us. Sometimes we might even experience real discrimination, you know, being persecuted for Christ's name. How did it make you feel to learn that thousands of Christians are being killed by extremists in India and the world knows nothing about it? And the leaders are teaching their young people to be thankful to be part of the persecuted church. That part actually made me cry a little bit because first world problems, right? I, I haven't really been discriminated against, um, you know, maybe minor things, but to know that they they have whole villages that are being bombed and they they had mentioned in the movie that they bombed the church first and then bombed the houses so the people didn't have a place to go. And to me, like, that, that would... That would destroy me. And they are thankful that they are part of this persecuted group. And to have that attitude and uh, in, in the movie, The Spiritual Eyes, I, I pray that, you know, I could come up against any adversaries in my life with spiritual eyes and have that good of an attitude that they did. I mean, I was I was just mind blown that it had happened because, you know, it, it isn't reported on the news here. You'd hear nothing about it. And you think that, oh, you know, because we have religious freedom here in America, that that's what it is like in the rest of the world. And it's really not. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking that they have to go through that. But at the same time, there's a silver lining that they grow closer to God because of that. That's happening. And you just got to let God work. And he's working through their loss and through the devastation that's happening over there. That part made me cry, too. I was just at first I was just completely disgusted. Like, oh, these, how could they do that? It was just, I was, my whole heart was just so disgusted with what people were, were doing to people. And then I was like, wow, these people truly do not love their lives unto death. And to see just the purity of how they are living that word. That's the word that they're called to, and they are living it, and they are living it standing blessed. And it's just, it's beautiful and amazing to me how 
God's hand can reach into the most, into the worst and most harsh places and bring beauty for ashes. Maybe we have been discriminated against. Maybe somebody did say something mean to us. Maybe we did lose some friends because of our stand in Christ. Anybody who experiences persecution for the name of Christ, that that is a very real thing, and we should all have that attitude of, of feeling blessed for, for being persecuted for, for his namesake. But it certainly does put things into a different light or a different perspective when we see children who are being taught to be thankful to God after having lost their family members and their pastors and, and most of their church families, that this is a whole different level of persecution that we are fortunate enough in this country to never have experienced firsthand. Towards the end of the film, one of the pastors said, as we go, lives get changed. That is the gospel. The world is waiting and they don't even know it. How can we go in our everyday lives? Just living our lives in in accordance with the word. One of the things that they had discussed in the movies was all these words to describe Christians and none of them were love. And I think that if we just show that in our everyday lives, show that love and compassion that Jesus did and uh, follow, follow his teachings, that we can change lives and we don't have to go you know, to another country to do it. We can do it right here in our community, um, showing compassion to those and just loving, loving people like Christ did. One of my the biggest things I got from this movie is he's just like, love people, keep it simple. And, and he said, Jesus is like, I'll do the rest. I'll do the heavy lifting. Just love and keep it simple. And that's going to resonate in my mind. Just you don't have to overcomplicate things. You don't have to sound and be all flashy. And another thing, too, is try to be Jesus for somebody. Just show compassion. Somebody's having a bad day or somebody's just sitting on the, the sidewalk with their head in their hands. You know, just sit down next to them and kind of embrace that feeling and embrace that sadness and just share that moment with them and let them know that you love them. And this is... Let Jesus shine through you. Let them see Jesus in you. Yeah, one of the examples in the movie was just asking someone, how are you doing? And listening. Keep it, it simple. Like, you don't have to make an event out of being Jesus to people. You just got to walk out your door. And people are out. People are there. And you don't even have to ask God, show me who, or highlight people. You just go out. And find people and be kind to them. And that opens doors. Love through the hurt. Even when we do get convicted or, you know what, being a Christian is hard. But love through the hurt, that's all we can do. That's all we're called to do, to love. Even when we are persecuted, even when we're told that we're wrong, we just continue to love. Yeah, I also feel like love is not always talking. It's just being silent and just listening to. It's as simple as just listening to somebody. Let's rate this movie one to ten. One, I'm sorry I watched it. Ten, I, I'm so glad I watched it. Life-changing, and I'll probably recommend it to some people. I'm a total ten. Ten. Same. Ten. Also same ten. I'm also a ten. Thanks, guys, for coming together, watching the film. Uh, always appreciate spending this time together. These productions are made possible by the faithful and cheerful support of our family in Christ. May the Lord bless you richly. Thanks for joining us. If you know someone who would enjoy what you just heard, 
please pass this along. You can find an archive of our messages and relevant teaching on YouTube by typing Strong Tower Casper in the search bar.